0: Everyone, welcome to take it to the house. We're doing things a little bit differently yet again in this week's episode as we dive into the snapshot of my brother and I's conversation forecasting the upcoming wildcard weekend of playoff NFL football. Now there's plenty of news and headlines for us to cover this week, but that's not really how these conversations go. There's no agenda, no script, it's just shooting the shit and talking about what we think is on the horizon for all of the teams playing this weekend in the first round of playoffs. Before we hop into it, a couple things to cover on the Take It to the House side of things. If you haven't made a moment to follow us on Instagram, please try and do so by finding us at Take It to the House. It's a number two rather than T-O, all one word. It's a great way to get in contact with us, and you can post some of your questions with all the polls that we post in our stories. And it's a great way to interact with us and be a part of the show as we want you to be. Another way to hop in on the action is through the ColorCast app. ColorCast allows fans to join in and broadcast and analyze live action sports through a mobile platform. Taylor and I will be doing live coverage and analysis of round one's matchup between the New England Patriots and Buffalo Bills on Sunday. By downloading the ColorCast app, you can hear this live audio as well as join in on their hot seat function. Their hot seat function allows you to join in on the broadcast for a five-minute stint, in which case you take the mic and take the reins on the show. Could be dangerous for us, but it's definitely going to be fun for you. ColorCast is not a paid sponsor. It's just truly a platform that we believe in, and we want to spread the word as often as we can to as many as we can, anytime we can. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and hop into this week's conversation of round one of the NFL playoffs. So for those of you who've been following us the entire way, welcome back. And for those of you just now joining, we hope you enjoy So I wanted to go ahead and hop into some of the playoff matchups that we have. It was killer week 18. I want to start off first off Raiders. I'm so thankful for that win. I understand we could have gotten in with a tie. I understand that Steelers probably would have hated that. I understand it was all possible. There's plenty of people that are upset about, you know, Brandon Staley calling the timeout at the very end because there was player personnel issues. They weren't matched up, whatever what feels awesome is that it was a playoff environment and the Raiders came away with a win. Daniel Carlson who's proving to be one of the most clutch kickers in the NFL, particularly in big moments, and we signed him to an extension. This, I say we, the Raiders signed him to an extension this season, midseason. Um, he's a special talent, and obviously we want him around for a while, but I absolutely loved the intention to not come away with simply the safest option. Um, I always hate those kind of moments because it just feels like you, you know, back into playoffs. Um, but we won with a win. We didn't tie with a win. So um, I think the Raiders did kind of hop straight into to playoff matchups. The Raiders are heading to Cincinnati this weekend. They're going to take on the Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals rested most of their starters. T. Higgins was out. Joe Mixon was out. Joe Burrow was out. This team um, really had a powerful win prior to their playoff uh, rest that came in week 18. They beat Kansas City, had a massive game from Jamar Chase two weekends in a row. And now they're going to play the Las Vegas Raiders, who are, again, they ended the season equally as well. Obviously, they, they had to extend their season a little bit longer than Cincinnati did, but I think this Raiders team can beat the Bengals. I think it's possible. Of all of the first round matchups, I wanted Cincinnati. I didn't want to play Buffalo. I didn't want to play Kansas City. I didn't like those matchups. For some reason we're always terrible against Kansas City. We we try and play that we being the Raiders, the Raiders try and play Kansas City's ball all the time. They don't do the, they don't throw the the two high safeties, which has proven to be so effective against Mahomes this season. But I wanted Cincinnati if I was going to pick any first-round matchup, probably really on either side, I mean, for sure, of the of the home teams. So I love this matchup. The only thing that really makes me nervous is, this is something I've talked about for years. Um, I do data analytics. I did some time with, with, uh, with PFF and, and all these sorts of things, but we recognize that there is a distinguishable advantage for outdoor stadium teams in the playoffs. There's something to be said about weathering the elements. There's something to be said about being prepared for the unknown at all times, whatever Mother Nature brings to you. Pat McAfee will also talk about the Cincinnati Bengals also practice outdoors all the time. They do not have an indoor practice facility. They are ready for this weather 24-7, 365. Um, The expected weather is expected to be 35 degrees, windy with slight sleet. Uh, It's brutal, brutal experience for a Las Vegas team that is coming in from one of the uh, really pinnacles of the NFL in terms of their beautiful indoor stadium in downtown Las Vegas. It's going to be brutal. I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle for them to overcome. Um, But I'm ultimately going to pick Cincinnati on this because I think they're, you know, outdoor stadium. I think that's a huge advantage. Joe Burrow is just playing lights out. He seemed to really found his stride. In terms of what needs to happen, I hate saying this, but the Bengals came into the end of the season really toughing through some injuries, whereas the Raiders are kind of doing the opposite. We had Josh Jacobs really for the middle part of the season was missing time due to injury. We had Jalen Richard step in in that moment. We had Darren Waller obviously missing an extended period of time. Plenty of fantasy managers, you yourself included, really pissed off about that. Um. You you had Brian Edwards and we we, we saw uh, we saw Henry Ruggs leave the team. We saw Damon Arnett leave the team. We we saw plenty of plenty of talent exit this roster, and still it happened soon enough to where the Raiders were able to understand and build chemistry with those who were still there. To where I think this game is a lot closer than it could be. I think it'll either be a close game in favor of Las Vegas. Or, unfortunately, a blowout in favor of Cincinnati, which I'm sure is going to be the more likely pick from a lot of fellow uh, people predicting this game. So, I wanted to kind of hand it over to you. Tell me, there's plenty of stuff that we already know about Cincinnati. Their defense really stepped up and all these sorts of things. After Sunday night, with all that momentum that came from that, I want to know what you think about this game. And more specifically... I want to hear you talk nice things about my team. Tell me what you like because I've obviously paid attention to it, but I, I, need, I need some fresh eyes, perhaps unbiased eyes, to take a look at this Raiders team and tell me what you think they can do here to really advance and get their Derek Carr's first ever playoff win.
1: I think the advantage for uh, Las Vegas going into this game will be um, if their defense can play that well like they did against the chargers you know that's kind of their that's their biggest strength i think going in against this in this game against uh cincinnati now i guess the 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 measures you have are which offense do you think is better the chargers offense or the bengal's offense well the way the bengal's offense has been going they've got playmakers everywhere i mean that that offense is stacked and uh and
0: Really, a much, a much better Chargers We, 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 wa- we a watched
1: a we watched a gladiator match happen last night between the Raiders the Raiders defense and Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert was just getting that ball out fast. He was he throwing missiles up against Mike I mean, he was taking them. hits. I mean, the the Raiders defense was relentless, but they looked exhausted. Herbert's getting up, looking exhausted, but continuing to stand in there and sling it. As far as durability goes, this is the thing. Herbert's got way better durability, in my opinion, than Joe, than Joe Burrow does. If the Raiders can do what they did against Joe Burrow, like, if they can do what they did against Justin Herbert against Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow might really have a hard time. He might, he might have some challenges here. Now, he, even with the, all the playmakers that he has, like, Burrow doesn't hold on to the ball; he gets it out. But uh, I so there's a couple of things I'm wondering. I'm wondering, like, okay, was was this sort of the pinnacle for the Raiders, like winning this game against a division opponent and getting into the playoffs? Like, did did they did they did they burn out? Did they burn everything out in this game, or do they still? Does this defense have enough in them to really do? They've got to get, deliver a similar, if not better, performance against Cincinnati like they did against the Chargers. But what I did see and what I love the most about the Raiders is their defense. I really was very pleased and happy to see just how relentless their defense is. And that's going to be the fun matchup to watch is that defense going up against the Cincinnati offense. Uh, the, this was probably the closest matchup in the AFC that we're going to see, in my opinion, I had a kind of a difficult time deciding who I think was going to win this game. So there's, it's going to, I think it's going to be close. Honestly, that's the thing is the Bengals put up a lot of points and they, and they, they like to score big, but I just don't think that the Raiders are going to let them do that. And, uh, they're just you can't,
0: they're, you, can't, you can't afford it. No,
1: afford it. I just don't think the Raiders are gonna let them do that.
0: Um I think this is really gonna be one of those late fourth quarter drives. I mean, we saw the Raiders yeah. really pile these on at the tail end of the season where we would go into the fourth quarter with a deficit and then would come out of the game at the very end, yeah, you know, with the win.
1: The Bengals offense is going to score, but the Raiders right. defense is also going to make stops. Like those are the two strong points of these teams. I think what everybody's wondering about the Bengals is how can their defense step up? Right. And Derek Carr is just going to have to play out of his mind. He's going to have to, I mean, he's going to have to really throw the ball and he's going to have to, I mean, the good thing that I, what I like seeing uh, uh, Las Vegas trying to do was rely on that run and get that run game going. And, And if you get Josh Jacobs going and Jalen Richard together. I mean, you got some you got some good pieces there. And and then Hunter Renfro is is just so amazing. And so that's the thing is the Raiders have all the weapons. The thing is, it's just I think the Raiders' offense is all going to hinge on Derek Carr and how he plays. And uh th- this is a winnable game here for the Raiders. I'm with you, Cody. They could win. I think I do. I am picking the Bengals. I'm leaning towards the Bengals, but it's like a very low confidence point to me. For me, this is probably one of my this is my closest playoff game in the AFC. No doubt. This is the closest one for me. Um, I think the Bengals win, but it's close. It's very close.
0: I agree. And I had to kind of look at this with sober eyes because I was recognizing I want to pick Vegas. I want to pick Vegas so bad. And I think they can win. But like, if I was not a Raider Nation fan and I was looking at this game, who do I really think I'm more impressed with on a season perspective? It's got to be Cincinnati and what they were able to produce there. There's no longer a veteran uh, competition between these coaches. If anything, it's in favor of the Bengals. Zach Taylor with a couple years under his under his wing now, really had an outstanding performance to turn this franchise around. Phenomenal, uh, totally worthy of being in that Coach of the Year commentary. Compared to where this where this team was a few years back, and you know, in that division of the AFC North, competing against teams who very similar to how we viewed the NFC West. How we it was totally possible that all four of these teams. In the AFC North, could have made the playoffs because it was just that caliber of competition, caliber of competition up in that division. But I believe Cincinnati wins this one. Um, they are the four seeds. so pretty unlikely that they're going to get a home game going forward after this matchup, um, barring you know Pittsburgh and New England both winning. Uh, so. It should be interesting nonetheless. I'm really, really, really excited about this game. This is our first playoff match. It will be Saturday, the uh, afternoon game. First, This is the first round. Raiders got a short week considering they were on Sunday night football. Uh-huh. Um, I thought about that too. They basically have uh, an extended rest period considering they rested their starters um, in that loss against the Browns last week. Their playoff spot was already secured. No need to do anything else with those players. Um, we obviously knew Joe Burrow needed to to rest up. Um, with that injury that occurred late in the game against Kansas City. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting matchup, and I really, really hope it's close because the Raiders Nation, we need that. We don't need to see yet another playoff appearance occur in a blowout. Last one was obviously against the Texans all those years ago where we had to start our third-string quarterback who was making his first-ever NFL start, and it was just a blowout. Well,
1: hey, we got to say this, though. The Raiders have so much to be proud of. And the fact that I don't think many expected them even to be here and they're here. That's that's saying something uh, to me.
0: Yeah. And on a final note for, at least for this game coverage, it's just suck at Chargers fans. (laughs) 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 So moving into what I believe is really the hardest one for me to pick, even more so than the game in Cincinnati, this series has been split. This series has been split this season one game to one of them another game split to New England and it is an AFC East let's figure out who was really the best team this year. Buffalo hosting New England Patriots. New England really had a another drop the ball Miami late late season it seems to be almost an annual occurrence. Miami is now 2 and 0 on the on the Patriots this year it just seems to happen every single year for the for the patriots that they're going to lose that final game against miami but i love this game against buffalo hi renny <laughs> i love this game against buffalo i i really think that neither one of these teams particularly the patriots haven't shown everything they got against this buffalo team we obviously saw the game where mac jones only threw the ball i want to say three times and now we get to see this Patriots really unload everything. This is when Belichick completely uses every page in the playbook. We know he reserves it and he and he keeps things aside, leading into the last minute. I really think this this game is going to be my lowest confident pick, because I have no clue which team is going to win this. I think both of these teams are capable of making the AFC Championship. If the if the if the Bills win, they most likely get a Home game, or at least they have a chance to, assuming Pittsburgh somehow wins. Kansas City is the number two seed, Buffalo, the three seed. So there's a shot at that. Otherwise, they would be uh, facing most likely Kansas City next week if the higher seeds went out this week, which is a wonderful matchup itself. But Buffalo is very much that team that has been successful uh, consistently. They've been here the past two years in a row. I think they are very much looking as they're excited to be playing a team like New England. Because it's a great test early on. And I think that Buffalo team is looking for this to be the year that they go all three. <laughs> it's got to be they They're going yeah. all the way. Yeah. Now, they have an easier road than, by comparison, at least in our power rankings, than the NFC bracket. But I really love this Buffalo team. And they are probably going to be my pick in this matchup. Even against the established veteran presence of Bill Belichick leading the Patriots. I think a winter game at home, night game Saturday. It's the the second round or the second matchup for round one of the playoffs. I think Buffalo, the, the fairgrounds, are going to be so loud. The temperatures should be hovering around freezing or lower. It's a great atmosphere for football, and it's a wonderful way to start off the first round of playoffs.
1: Yeah. This should be the okay. So this should be this should be the time now where Buffalo delivers, right? This should be this should be it. But yeah, I I I find myself I do find myself leaning towards New England. I really do. My one
0: question though about New England, and I'm going to let you get to your take in a second. Sure. My one question about New England: if there's one thing we know, how you can beat Buffalo? it's going to be through the run game. We saw them obviously complete or we saw the Patriots establish that early on this season. We saw Derrick Henry crush them. We've seen plenty of folks beat Buffalo through ground and pound, but I'm not quite sure that the Patriots can utilize that strategy again, considering there is so much film on stopping the Patriots run.
1: run. Right. And, and, Yeah, go. Were do you had something else you were going to say? No, not
0: necessarily. I'm just very curious what you see from the Patriots that they're going to have to utilize to win here, because Buffalo is really coming on strong at the tail end of the year. They're very balanced. Singletary has really stepped into that running back, alleviating some of the pressure on Josh Allen. What what do you what do you see that the Patriots are going to have to use here to really come away with the win?
1: I just think Belichick. I mean, these are the moments where I think he's going to have his team prepared. It's the playoffs they're going to get this nasty taste out of their mouth that they've had in Miami. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing is they're familiar. They are familiar with the bills and the bills are familiar with them, but it's hard for me to, I think in this set of circumstances, even with what Bill Belichick is working with, it's, it's just hard for me to wager against new England in this game. And, and I feel really good that they can pull the win out in this game. Now, Granted, it's going to have to come on the on 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 a rookie arm with Mac Jones, and that's what I think Buffalo wants. Is they want to put it in a they want to position this in a way where it's like Mac Jones, we're gonna sh- we're gonna shut down this run and we're gonna force you to have to work and throw, and and I think that would be Buffalo's best strategy. But again, I think I think Belichick will have Mac Jones ready for any and all circumstances that Buffalo is prepared to throw at them. I mean, this it it, it all of this should go. I mean, I it, my head, my head would want to think you pick Buffalo. But in my heart, I I guess I am leaning more here on New England. In and the fact that that Buffalo they have the experience and you better be, Josh Allen is just a force to be reckoned with. Like this this Buffalo team is so good. I just think that that Bill Belichick will kind of stun some it may come as a stun to some but but to people who just know Bill Belichick and the way he has his team prepared I don't think it will come as a surprise that to people to to see the Patriots pull this one out even in Buffalo that I I, I feel good enough here that I I'm my confidence on the Patriots winning this game against Buffalo goes a lot higher than my my pick on the the Bengals beating the Raiders.
0: Do you think the Patriots are going to be the wide consensus underdog? Like, do you think most of the the NFL fan collective are going to pick Buffalo to win this? Like as a whole, do you think people are more impressed with Buffalo this season than they uh, are? I think where, you know, I England, feel like this is kind of where little I little I, closer, I
1: might but. be I might be speaking on my own behalf here, but I feel that that's what a lot of people are going to do. Their head is going to say Buffalo. Mm.
0: See, I would I would think quite the opposite. I think people look at Tom Brady and Belichick the same way. It's just like, oh, they're in playoffs; they're going to win round one.
1: I don't think of it like that though, because it's not that. And and I just think that the the Patriots shows that they have enough that they can I think they can get a first like it it bode I I because I if if this was going to be New England against Cincinnati I actually like New England against Cincinnati I really did I agree uh and even in this game going up against Buffalo I still I still take New England as like the most well-rounded balanced team offensively and defensively Going into the playoffs of the AFC, and I and I like them enough here against Buffalo. Beyond that, I don't know, but I like them. Uh, I like them against Buffalo.
0: Yeah, you and I talked about that, where I was asking about the mo- most well-rounded team on either side of the bracket going into this, and we'll obviously see in terms of Derrick Henry's health because I think that might tip the scales in favor. Watch, of Watch, watch
1: New England's defense. That's what I want to watch. Watch so, that.
0: So to that point I like I said I am picking Buffalo here but I do not think the reason that the Patriots lose is because of Mac Jones. I really think it is to what you just said it's up to the Patriots defense to determine the outcome of this game and Belichick is always going to been a master, particularly against somebody he gets to see so often. In, and in he Josh respects Allen.
1: Josh Allen and Josh Allen respects
0: Bill. So it's, and we've seen, we've seen Bill do that, that swarmed coverage around your number one receiver. So obviously, you know, Stefan Dix is going to have plenty of attention on him, but I do not think this is going to be an easy game by any standard for either side. I just think whenever it comes to Picking games and picking winners, like it's it's all a crapshoot. That's why I take records off of off of the the diagram that we're viewing here because it just doesn't matter. Anymore. Yeah, you're you're o and o. You're everybody's o and o in the playoffs right now, and what I really comes down to is you know who has the home home field because that's a huge advantage. Number one. And then, because if you're not having to travel, if you get to reduce that, if you get to stay in a friendly environment, all these sorts of things, that plays to your advantage. It's more rest for your players. Obviously, we know COVID is affecting all the inactives and all that availability. I really hope that doesn't interfere too much with these playoffs, but I expect there to be some news headlines about major players missing. But ultimately, what it comes down to is Buffalo needs this more. Their time is now. <laughs> you know, the Patriots just signed plenty of players. They have a rookie quarterback under a rookie contract. You have a few years of this window for the Patriots to where you can kind of assess this year. It's really an assessment year of how you compare against against all the players. Not that I'm saying that Belichick views it that way. That's certainly not the case. It's Super Bowl or bust for him, I think, every single year. But... I think Buffalo knows that their window is going to close. The defense is playing really well against offenses. They really turned it on at the tail end of the season. They were playing lights out. Obviously, we saw them come away with two shutouts against the Texans and the Dolphins at the early part of this season. I expect the defenses for this game to really turn it up. And I understand that's like a blanketed statement, and it's really, you know, not very complicated to think that that's the case. But Buffalo, to me, just has way more incentive, way more at stake and they have history with almost all of the teams in this bracket. They have personal reasons to beat all of the teams in the AFC bracket. And I think it's it's a really special chance that they have here and it starts with, you know, one of the biggest hills for them to climb and that's New England. So
1: This is this well, I, and I think this season does present the the best window of opportunity for Buffalo to make it to the Super Bowl, like to really make a run at getting it. And uh you know, like Barring, like, we're all we're all waiting uh, on Derrick Henry and his return to Tennessee, and if he can be what he was before, prior to going on IR. So, waiting with held breath, that's for sure. Yeah, we're, we're all just, opponents. everyone's all going to hold their breath, because if you hear Derrick Henry's back, and he's back 100%, Shit. then, yeah, then you're just like, oh, shoot, Tennessee just becomes very, very scary. They just do.
0: I mean, they either either already the look really too. scary NFC to some opponent. measures,
1: even without Derrick Henry. But you just think, man, when Derrick Henry's back, what does that do for Tennessee? Oh shoot!
0: I agree. That's next round, so we'll, we'll wait. Yeah, on yeah, on. yeah. So yeah. He didn't I, I just, I 18? can't help but think that. But, um,
1: but I'm with you though. I think this is the best window of opportunity for here for Buffalo. Um, yeah,
0: we. we but I pick the pay. I pick the Pats. We know Brian Dable is in like the coaching talks and all these sorts of things, so it's possible with all the coaching vacancies that we discussed earlier he could not be there you know with 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 all the different contracts I don't know of any of like the the contract years for the players on either side of the ball but this is just one of those moments that they're not right at the intro to this uh this this great run that they're having right now um and so it's it's an it's a now time we we saw Stefan Diggs come close we saw the the Bills obviously make the AFC championship last year they won it all this year. I think they're tired of waiting, they're tired of being, you know, on, on the outside looking in. We we know about all of those those four four falls in Buffalo or four winters in Buffalo uh, back in the 90s during the Jim Kelly time. You know, it's this team, this town, this franchise has had such a heartbreaking time of year, this time of year. So, I think this is the team that wants to and can rewrite the narrative and how we view the bills. And I think it starts this weekend. So, uh, you got new England. Uh, I got Buffalo. That's where we're first going to split and, um, we'll see how it turns out, but moving into, this will be the night game on Sunday, Kansas city hosting Ben Roethlisberger. His retirement will have to wait one more week, perhaps maybe longer. I don't know. Um, I think there's some interesting things about this game. What, uh, I have some friends who are Steelers fans who were obviously texting me quite a bit on Sunday Night Football being a Raiders fan. Um, they had plenty of reason to to say thanks or at least cheer us both on for a Raiders win. Um, there's some interesting things here. I understand the easy pick is going to be Kansas City, but I, I really want to focus on Pittsburgh for a second. Pittsburgh, there is something to say about a team that gets hot at the end. There's something to say about a team that knows Everything is about to change. We talked about Buffalo a few seconds ago about this being, you know, the window is starting to shrink as it happens for most teams. This is it. This is the final final gap in that window for a championship for Pittsburgh. I think there's something dangerous about a quarterback who has – this is his last game. I mean, very much to, to, to be a nerd about it, like we talk about Lord of the Rings all the time and Theoden after he recognized his son died. That's that's Big Ben right now. He recognizes his career is done. After his next loss, he is done playing the game of football. And I believe that that is a very, very impactful decision on every single play for offense and defense. We're seeing guys like Deontay Johnson struggle with drops right now. He actually led the league last year. But guys like Chase Claypool, which... There's plenty of people that have their issues with his personality and all these sorts of things. The guy's a freaking baller. There's no doubt about that. He has some incredible lead-blocking skills, as we saw in that game against Baltimore where it was a clutch, clutch run by Najee Harris that was just a swing out. And then Claypool just takes his defender and pushes him about 11 yards and secures that first down for Najee Harris. We're talking about playmakers with Buffalo and, and, and all these other teams There is no shortage of playmakers on Pittsburgh, either side of the ball. Um, I think it's a really, really much more interesting game. We talked about a a close game or a blowout for for the Cincinnati-Las Vegas game. I think this is exactly what's going to be the case with Pittsburgh. Now, these two played a couple weeks ago. You and I were actually watching the game together, and it was not fun for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got started way too late, and I think they ended up coming away with only 10 points, and they got blown out by like... 50 to something like that and uh that's just that's just something you can't do against this Kansas City team you cannot wait until the fourth quarter to get started as the as the Steelers have so frequently done in all but one game this season that was against the Browns in, in Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field but that was also a, a Steelers team that was much different prior to the announcement from Ben Roethlisberger about this being his final season so I understand that you probably pick Kansas City as well. And that's what I just assume because Kansas City is really a team that turned it around midseason and, and really rewrited this ship. And they're the number two seed in the AFC. It's Arrowhead. It's an outdoor field. It's going to be loud. It's going to be cold. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be Andy Reid. You know, there's going to be Tyron Matthew looking to make a play and really block up this box on, on folks like Najee Harris. But there's just something about me that really wants Pittsburgh to win. I understand as a, as a Raiders fan that I want to see KC lose. But there's just something so powerful about the intangible narrative that Pittsburgh has going into these playoffs. And they came in hot. And I really think there is just a, a, a greater than, we'll say, 25% chance that they win this. I understand that's not impressive. But what I'm saying is there's reason to hope for Pittsburgh. They have the film on the Kansas city defense and I expect them to really uh, evolve that offense to be something that is a little bit more dangerous than what they showed a few weeks back in their regular season matchup.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I'm I'm just happy to get that. We get to see, uh, Ben Roethlisberger give one more go in the playoffs, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, but it also in a way seems like the, uh, it's just, it's hard for me to pick against Kansas city, uh, in this set of circumstances, obviously I'm, I'm taking the chiefs in this one. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the chiefs defense is vulnerable and Ben Roethlisberger might just have this final swan song that he gives us and, and just, you know, plays, plays his, his guts out with everything he's got left. And, uh, I think we're going to get that no matter what because he knows that this could very well be his very last game and uh I he you know the same was the case in Baltimore this past week but yeah I just think when it's when it's a time like this I mean Kansas City understands the circumstances as does Pittsburgh but it's there's just you feel you feel better about the Chiefs in this one uh in this particular matchup but um
0: if you're Pittsburgh you're totally okay losing because of the run game of uh Kansas City I think you you we've seen Tyree kill kind of have like a slack off in in his production at the tail end of the season he came away with the last game one catch for two yards there could be you know some masking of an identity in terms of that offense going forward into the playoffs we've seen veteran coaches do this all the time where they save those great you know dagger home run plays whatever you want to call it for the playoffs but I really think if I'm Pittsburgh I Two guys are on on Tyreek. Two guys are on Travis Kelsey. I'm okay with you beating me with anybody else. But I am not going to lose the game because those two guys had a big performance. I don't care if you're in the red zone. Put three guys on Kelsey in that case. But uh, Mecole Hardman, I want to be beat by Byron Pringle. I want to be beat by Daryl Williams. I don't know if he's going to be healthy, but we'll see. Um, I want to be beat by those guys. I don't want to be beat by Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. So, And and, and likewise, uh, from the Kansas City side of things, like you don't want to be beat by Najee Harris. He has that, you know, foot to the throat possibility in terms of a big run. We saw it happen in their week 17 matchup where Najee Harris calls game on like a 40 yard run over the Cleveland Browns. I understand it's Cleveland Browns, much different caliber team than than Kansas City. But um, I I think I think Pittsburgh's got to come at this recognizing their opponent, recognizing, you know, all the mistakes of the last game. I understand that's a really blanketed statement. Every coach should do that, but this is such an important game for for the franchise as a history. I think you can really chalk this final season up as a true win for Ben Roethlisberger. If you just get the first round, do I think they go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Um, they would have to play Tennessee if they won next week, which it's possible. But with as we talked about, the impending return, impending possible return of a guy like Derrick Henry, you know, there's just there's a swinging sword ready for them at the next round, um, and I, I I think this is just this is the kind of story that the first round of playoffs really needs, you know, a big a big win from from a retire or from an aging quarterback. We wanted that from like Philip Rivers last year with the Colts, you know, one final ride, but uh, he got knocked out as well. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, you got Kansas City, I got Kansas City, and that wraps up our AFC coverage. So. Um, you got Kansas city. I got Kansas city. You have new England. I have Buffalo. And then we both have Cincinnati, but I believe we're in consensus that we're both rooting for Raiders. I won't wait for your acknowledgement of that. I'm just going to say you're voting for the no, Raiders. I you're am. The I'm, point. I am
1: pulling for the Raiders of course. Um I mean, I was doing that last night. Like I was a little bit torn uh, to a degree because Justin Herbert was my fantasy quarterback this year, but I'm like, ah, I'll pull for the Raiders. This is from, it's from my brother's team. I'm going to pull for him.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I've been it's only right you get me back for rooting for Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team. All yeah, then, yeah. So <laughs> But uh moving to the opposite side of the bracket. Um, so our first game that we're gonna have from the NFC side of things is going to be the number two seed Tampa Bay hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we talked about this offline for a few, and you seem really impressed with the Eagles, whereas I just look at it, this as Tom Brady is going to be pissed off. It's going to be a team that has had a lot of strife and a lot of personnel changes in these final few weeks of of the NFL. Obviously, the the AB situation a few weeks back and plenty other injuries of them trying to figure it out. Ronald Jones out last week. So them really trying to figure out that, uh, that late postseason adjustment that allows the chemistry to be continuous going into the playoffs. And I really viewed this as just like a Tom Brady establishment game. You want to be in a home game next week. Uh, Philadelphia would have to play Green Bay in Lambeau Field if they win this week. You seem to think it's a lot closer than than I do. Uh, you seem to find some remnants of of what Tampa Bay, who on their Super Bowl run last year faced in their first round against Washington, deem that was so you know so so fiery. Tell me what you think. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, I think that's the thing. Is well, I mean, again, and you can't really kind of get wager off of everything that happened just this past regular season. Like, I mean, Philadelphia. Uh, got a beat down from Dallas uh, here recently. But um, I just think that the, uh, it's just clear to me that the the discrepancy between Tampa Bay's team last year and the team this year is vastly different to, to me, where I, I find that the, uh, that the Tampa Bay team last year was far more talented than the Tampa Bay team this year. Granted, they still have Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady. And you're not You're just not going to – I'm just not going to bet against Tom Brady in this matchup, but I find that I don't think it's a total runaway for the Buccaneers against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are actually talented enough to really uh, put a hit in the mouth on the Buccaneers, in my opinion. Um, They just got some – there's just something about them. They've just got some spunk and spark to them that I like and – you know, I, I hope I hope uh I hope Jalen Hurts will be healthy and ready to go in this game. I'm assuming that he will, because man, if he is like that guy, he's he really there's no questions anymore. Philadelphia, they 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 found their quarterback in Jalen Hurts. He's the guy. And uh I mean the guy just keeps you in games. He makes immediate impact and, and I love the weapons that uh that Philadelphia has. And so it's gonna to me this this is a uh um it's it's not as close uh, as some of the other games uh, slated on here in the NFC in my mind. But I, I think that uh, – uh, I, I just think that Philadelphia, they, they could get this game. I mean, they really could. But I, I, but I am going to take – I am picking the Buccaneers, mind you. Hear me out. I'm picking them. But um, I find that, that the Eagles, where they're going, it looks pretty good. And like nobody be, expected this. Arguably
0: no, the most shocking team. No, we, you yeah, and I, I both I, talked I, about this of being a top four draft pick. That's
1: right. We did. I I I felt I, I before the season started, I thought, Cody, I bet I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia is the number one pick. And uh Nick Siriani, he proved us wrong. I mean, it, he seemed he maybe he struggles on the microphone and he struggles in general in the locker room with post-game speeches. But the point is the guy seems to be a pretty smart coach and he knows what he's doing. And, uh, and, uh, I just like what, what the Eagles have on their team offensively, I think. And, and also defensively. I mean, I think that's just where if they can, if they can play at a really high level against Tom Brady, you know, I, I don't have uh, doubts about Philadelphia's offense generating some points. And so I, I'm just interested. I'm just interested to see in how close it could be. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this game, but, um, you know, I, I I wonder if it could give us uh, some similar uh, vibes like we had last year when Tampa Bay was going up against Washington. And I mean, Taylor Heineke was just playing his guts out. That Washington defense was playing great. I mean, so you're just thinking like, I mean, Tampa Bay is beatable if Philadelphia can just play at this like high confident level. And I think they can. I think they're very capable of it. And I like I I would put I I like. I like that Philadelphia team more than I would have liked the Washington team last year. Just that's how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, I mean there is plenty to like about this team. Uh, I mean, but to the to the point of, I think Philadelphia is playing in a in a realm that it doesn't matter what the what the result is anymore, um, which I believe gives Tampa Bay obviously the edge because, like we always talk about, shrinking Super Bowl windows. That just narrows your focus, and there is nobody more focused in the playoffs than Tom Brady, at least on the field. And I think that's going to be for sure the edge, and I understand that's very common knowledge, but on the Philadelphia side of things, like you get to play reckless. If you want films to study, you got some pretty recent film in terms of the orchestration of this Tampa Bay team from two weeks ago with a team also wearing green called the Jets. The Jets found a way to really disrupt what Tampa wanted to do and with guys like Levante David out for a year, Antonio Brown no longer on this team, Chris Godwin out for a year, uh, you know, there's some weapons, some daggers missing from this opponent's arsenal that you're going to be going against on Sunday. So, I, I think point, I just,
1: I, I think I could see the Eagles. I and this is honestly, I'd like to see the Eagles just play like a team with its hair on fire. I mean, that's absolutely, and just, I think just, that's just,
0: the chance you win. Just yeah, empty the reserves. Just it doesn't really. I think you and I are pretty much in consensus that we don't expect this team to certainly go beyond the divisional round with a opponent in green Bay waiting for you. If you do somehow succeed this round, but I guess it it, it just shows so much to your franchise, to your fan base, to, to everybody that with all the decisions that they made this past offseason, it just shows so much promise for this team going forward. If you're able to secure a win against a Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, uh, Tom Brady setup opponent. I mean, that's that's really fantastic work. Unfortunately, I believe this is going to be a massive Gronkowski game. I think this is one of those moments. I mean, Philadelphia has struggled. Fantasy owners, or at least like deep dive fantasy owners are going to know this. You start a tight end if they're playing Philadelphia because they crush them. Um, so, I mean, who would you rather have as a tight end in your quarterback combination than the number one passing duo in the history of the NFL of a Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski touchdown combination. I think that's going to be a huge proponent to them to win. Side note, I really love what Keyshawn Vaughn is doing in Tampa Bay. I understand a lot of people really were down whenever Leonard Fournette went out. I understand a lot of folks uh, really expected Ronald Jones to take take the lead here. Keyshawn Vaughn is in his second year. He's done phenomenal. It, it, there's obviously a lot of promise and, and expectations that Arians really has on him at the running back position. He really has no problem giving guys the ball that are ready for that moment. I think it, it for me in fantasy, I that's why I picked him over picking up Ronald Jones, at least in those final few weeks. It was championship time around that year. Ronald Jones had his moment, and it was very clear that Bruce Arians gave him that moment once again, and it, and it just didn't work out. And so Keyshawn Vaughn, this is his time to step into that spot that generated so much name recognition for Leonard Fournette at the tail end of last year. Well, Fournette should be back,
1: too, from the IR as
0: well. Absolutely. So even more so, I I expect it to be a good dual setup between Keyshawn Vaughn and Leonard Fournette. Uh, whenever Leonard Fournette is ready for that, you know, heavy workload, it'll be a good person to share the workload with, with Keyshawn Vaughn. So just small shout out for him. I I expect him to have a big performance this postseason. And I've really loved what I've seen from him, even dating back to his draft and, and um, in his preseason performances, I think he's a, a really underrated person in terms of like daily fantasy formats and uh, looking at the Tampa Bay next year, I know a lot of fantasy managers are going to be trying to figure out like those deep sleepers. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is a name that you should keep pretty close to your tongue in terms of who you want to select as a as a deep sleeper next season in fantasy football. Um, but moving into the next game on Sunday, and this will be our, I believe, second NFC matchup. They have this kind of staggered to where a majority of the AFC will be on Saturday, and then a majority of the... Uh, NFC, well, actually all of the NFC will be on Sunday with one game on Monday night that we'll touch on later, but this was my pick for the upset of the week in the first round of playoffs. I talked about outdoor, uh, outdoor stadiums being an advantage for teams going into playoffs. We talk about a team who is really fiery, who knows how to secure a win against insurmountable odds. I really think San Francisco, led by Kyle Shanahan, is fully capable of defeating a team led by Mike McCarthy in Dallas. I'm really have no issues picking San Francisco in this matchup. In fact, it's not even gonna be close to my top uh my my top it may be like third in confidence. We only have six games to choose from, but I think this is a pretty easy win for San Francisco. Not easy to to easy to, to accomplish the win, but it it's easy to say that they will win. I don't know by how much, but This team is brutal, Um, and uh, there's a lot of talk about Trayvon Diggs and and, and all his interception numbers. The dude is also, like, top three in allowed yardage, and you're going to have a guy like Debo Samuel on the opposite end, a guy like George Kittle on the opposite end, a guy like Brandon Ayuk on the opposite end. Like, these guys can kill you through the air. And Jeff Wilson really stepping up. Elijah Mitchell is, like, crushing it. It was such an underrated value in terms of – fantasy players i think this team is so deadly uh, on offense and that's before we even talk about the defense which finished as top six like i don't think this is as close of a game as a lot of people say and that's because of the declining nature of the offense for dallas i get it they blew the hell out uh, in their final game against the giants shocker you weren't the fr- oh, sorry it wasn't the- against the giants they blew out the Eagles on their final game. The Eagles had already guaranteed their playoff spot. It was fine. They didn't. It didn't matter. I get it. But there's such a difference when you're playing a competent veteran presence at the head coaching position. Now, before I just piss off all the Cowboys fans, which is not going to be my first time, I'm going to say that this defense has a chance of making this a problem, and it's strictly going to be in the front seven format. Michael Parsons is my shoe in for defensive rookie of the year. I don't think I'm gonna loan in that uh, in, in that assessment, but this game is going to completely rely on Dak Prescott completely. Uh, Amari Cooper, you you saw him being disgruntled in terms of his new role in the offense, and in, in yeah, it's comment. it's looking different
1: for that receiving core in Dallas.
0: When those comments came out, you also saw you're a C.D. Lamb owner in fantasy football. You recognize that C.D. Lamb at the tail end of the season really just dropped that ceiling a little bit. I think this is one of those moments it doesn't matter. You get the win. But one thing we have seen in particularly the Dallas Cowboys history is they like to find players that they want the narrative to be surrounded around. They don't find the narrative to just evolve from the win. And I understand that may be like a little bit you know more philosophical in terms of viewing these games. but that's the way we do this. We change it up by viewing things from a different lens. And I really think the Cowboys are going to struggle to find any means necessary to win here. They're going to try and funnel it through guys like like Zeke Elliott. They're going to try and funnel it to guys like Amari Cooper and, and, and all these very established known names that there's not really any surprises that the Dallas offense can provide me anymore. And that's great for a defense that is maybe less than their opponent in the San Francisco defense. but However, the offense for San Francisco can kill you in so many ways that we haven't even seen all of them yet. We saw Debo Samuel throw a damn passing touchdown last weekend. This guy can do absolutely anything he wants against most teams in the NFL, and it's shown this season. I think this team is very capable of winning. Unfortunately, they would most likely have to go to Green Bay next week, which would be still a great game. I love that matchup. Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan, they had a great duel earlier this season. But I really think Dallas is out of its element here in terms of who their opponent is, at least on the head coaching side. My one question for San Francisco is, can Jimmy G finally change the narrative of who he is? We saw Jimmy G struggle with interceptions last week. We've seen him struggle throughout the year in terms of just really being able to shoulder that that impact necessary to create a win for his team. But it doesn't matter because he has Kyle Shanahan drawing up his plays on a on a play-by-play basis in some ways in which he'll just create a play on the sideline, show the clipboard to the offense, and then they'll go execute. It's all up to Jimmy G. I really, really hope that there isn't any issues with that uh, responsibility, you hope a guy like Trey Lance isn't required to come in here because then it just might be done. But I think this is going to be one of those games that Dallas either wins closely or San Francisco blows the hell out of them. I, I understand there's going to be plenty of Dallas fans, which you and I both know, uh, that have plenty issues with that and are just viewing me as a Dallas hater right now. Yeah, but yeah. I really think you should take a second and look at the history of Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs, not his big game moments where he obviously loses Super Bowls and these sorts of things. We have the the time where he's O.C. in Atlanta. We have the time where, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl where he lost that as well. The guy gets there and he gets first downs and he gets touchdowns. I think this is his moment. But I'll hop off this soapbox. No, yeah. I, I, I really want to hear your thoughts on you this You have game. this
1: game uh, touted um, much more of a of – a, I, I got this game – a little bit closer than probably where you have it. But Cody, I, I, when I saw the matchup, I, I, I was like, Oh man, this is an interesting game. Very, very interesting game. This is probably the m- the more interesting game for me on the NFC side, but I find myself uh, also leaning towards San Francisco in this game. Um, and I know people are going to come out and say, you guys are just hating on the Cowboys and that's not, that's not what I'm doing Prove here me at wrong.
0: all. Prove N- me wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, no. This, this is just one of those things, man. I mean, anytime it gets down to these crucial moments here, when you when you want to start believing in the Cowboys, they, they they come up short. They just do,
0: dude. They are and satisfied they have, with above average performances yeah, and season overload.
1: They have the talent to do it. The thing is, I love, I just believe in so much more uh, of Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco team and what I'm seeing. And, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a, he's going to be an available quarterback this next year. And there's going to be teams that are going to want to have this guy as their quarterback. I really think that. Um, but I, I really do feel, I feel good about San Francisco's chances in taking this game. Um, I I do think it's going to be a game that that comes down pretty close. But if I'm going to measure, too, I could measure it even this way. But if I'm going to measure the Rams and the Cowboys squaring off against one another right now, I feel better about the Rams than I do about the Cowboys uh, playing one another right now. But in this this matchup, just seeing how the way San Francisco attacked a talented team like uh, the Rams – Dallas also has a tremendous amount of talent but I just think that the 49ers are prepared for a situation like this even coming into a place like Dallas. Uh I just I just feel really good about the 49ers. I think there's actually more pressure here in my opinion on Dallas than there to deliver than there is on the 49ers. And uh you know, I just I just like and the 49ers still have some experienced guys in that group, Cody, where they were in the Super Bowl, man. I mean, uh, was it, they, yeah, they did two years ago. Yes. So I'm saying that the 49ers are still very much a talented team that they could, they could deliver on this game. And so I'm, I'm with you as well. I'm, I'm going to take the Niners here over the Cowboys. Um, you can hate me, man. I just, But I'm telling you, in a game like this, uh, it just wouldn't surprise me to see the Cowboys come up short in this and disappoint a lot of people. And that's okay. I mean, but I just – but this is one of the things that I've been saying all year long to some of the Cowboys fans is like the biggest Achilles heel to your team that you have, in my my opinion, is your head coach, Mike McCarthy, and the way that they make decisions when it gets down to the wire like this. And I just – personally have far more confidence in Kyle Shanahan in those moments than I do Mike McCarthy. Uh I love the talent and the team of the Cowboys and what they've got, but um I just love the way the 49ers are playing and I just and I just don't think that they they can play this game pressure free where the Cowboys probably have a lot more riding on them.
0: Absolutely. And to the Cowboys fans that are graciously still listening, I really think that there's going to be an X factor on, on your side of team. And it's really going to just show me something that we haven't seen from your team all season long. I feel like we have a pretty good assessment of this team in terms of predictability from their defense, from, from their secondary, their secondary plays very aggressive. I love seeing that kind of football because it's very much like, Hey, you're going to score a touchdown or we're going to get the ball. Um, I love that kind of secondary. I understand it can cost you a lot. um, As we talked about with Trevon Diggs, allowing, um, some of the highest numbers in terms of uh, allowed receiving yardage, but they can do it. But w- we just view Dallas from almost like a 20-year viewpoint, and they tend to always perform at expectations. They are the number three seed in the NFC. They made it to playoffs. They get you know, a home game to start the game. I have always criticized Dallas for simply viewing their franchise as a business rather than a championship contender. And this is successful business for them to have a playoff matchup against a, I mean, we know about the history, at least in the early nineties and late eighties of Dallas and San Francisco, but I got to see something that I haven't seen before from Dallas in order to believe in them. It's because That's it all this really, so
1: that's all this really boils down to is just Dallas has to just prove it, prove yeah. it that you're legit. And, and until we see it, I I just I can't confidently pick them and that's why we're riding with San Francisco here because in recent time they have delivered whereas Dallas has not. And Dallas could prove us wrong and do it, but until they do, like they got to do it, we just have to be proven wrong and we haven't been proven wrong yet about Dallas and what their trend is.
0: Sure. So, I mean, assuming Philadelphia somehow wins against Tampa Bay, which we discussed a few seconds ago, If Philadelphia somehow wins, Dallas would then get a playoff home game again next round. However, you know, it it most likely is going to look like that they are heading to Tampa Bay based on our predictions, which is a much harder. That's a rematch of the week one game one uh, of the NFL 2021 season. So I, I, I love that matchup personally, personally a little bit more than I love the San Francisco matchup just because I we all talked about like all the reeling injuries and personnel swaps that are going on with Tampa Bay. But San Francisco, man, that's, they're, they're yeah, so dude, it's a, it's a great matchup here. for San Francisco, um, no doubt. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out if, if we owe some apologies to Cowboys fans. It's been a long time since I've owed an apology Cody, to a Cowboys wrong, fan, we but can do that. we'll figure that out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my, my slaps on the wrist or whatever you want to call it. We're, we're, we're here for it, but I want to move into the last game of round one, um, And that is the very first Monday night playoff game um, between this is yet again, the second of the two divisional rematches, the best of three series between the Los Angeles Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Now, when we first saw this matchup at the early part of the season, this was the Rams first loss. And then we saw the Cardinals accumulate some injuries. DeAndre Hopkins, Chandler Jones, I think, um, Chase Edmonds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we saw them kind of stagger a little bit to where this next time they played, it was a much different Cardinals team, maybe not kicking on all the cylinders. Kyler Murray, obviously, you know, struggling with some shoulder issues and in in overall uh, surrounding player performance to where the Rams were able to come away pretty easily with the win on the second matchup. This will determine who really gets the bragging rights as the Rams host host the hoist the NFC West championship. It was a really a great race all throughout the year. Um, this is the this is the the the, the final moment of bragging rights. Um, you and I have talked about Sean McVay and how this team uh, in Los Angeles really might be. If you played it on a Madden bracket, they probably win the Super Bowl. You got guys who are just so high in caliber of their position: Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, uh, Matt Stafford, Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper, freaking Cup leading the league in receptions yards and reception receiving touchdowns it's the first triple crown we've had in a while but there's just something that I can't be comfortable with about this team and it's really their decision making they they seem to really come out of the element of the present moment whenever they're in a game we we saw them they should have beaten the 49ers it should have happened and They, it was the first time I believe at home that that Sean McVay has ever gone into half with a lead and come out of the fourth quarter with a loss. There's just moments like that that we talk about. You got to be able to have that gear to put your foot on the throat of your opponent. If you cannot beat who is obviously a lesser team and just beat the hell out of them, then you're going to struggle in playoffs because you got to kill people and you got to kill them quickly. In order to make sure that you can move on to the next round, and this team in Arizona, no doubt they are they are struggling to to find some identity with with all the personnel movement that they've had, but they can kill you. They can they can come back. They they don't die very easily. They got a guy who Kyler Murray for the large part of the season seemed to be a shoe in for the MVP, and then obviously through all these other things, it, it kind of fell off. But the guy is still impossible to bring down, even with the caliber of Von Miller and. and uh, and Aaron Donald chasing after you. But this team is just not an easy out. There's plenty of game film these two have on each other. I do expect the Rams to win here. Um, And what I really need to see from the Rams to believe that they are capable of beating a team like Green Bay, perhaps Tampa Bay, or even San Francisco, if they, for some reason, play each other, that wouldn't be until the conference round. But if for some reason that happens, I need to see them beat the hell out of Arizona here for me to believe that they are Super Bowl capable because right now it seems like any success that they're going to have is going to be drawn from mistakes on the opponent end. I want to know like what you think the Rams need to do or or more so what you think Arizona is capable of doing that maybe would make me wrong in my assessment of of the well, Rams. Well, I winning.
1: mean, I I've got the Rams in this game as well. Um, but I'm with you on that. I think we, I think for us to kind of take the Rams more seriously as a, as a, as a Super Bowl contender, they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to really do a, a, a... to for me to be, I'm with you though. For us to be convinced, I think we've got to see a real stomping on the Cardinals. Cody, I couldn't help but think, wouldn't this have been just such a more enticing game if health were not a factor in this for the Cardinals? I mean. How exciting would it have been to have watched Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins going at it and and then you gotta worry about the Matt Stafford's gotta worry about Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. I mean, it just it just would have been a so much more high appealing matchup. I don't think the Cardinals would have finished where they did had had health not been an issue. I mean that's the thing is at the beginning of the year that they were just such a force to be reckoned with and the way they were playing. The thing that concerns me, I think, about the Cardinals that they were showing uh, throughout the course of, of the latter of the season was um, they have an experience and in close games where it came down to the wire some of the decision making they did, it just kind of didn't make sense. And I think that was due to a lack of inexperience. And uh and that's just on Cliff Kingsbury. I he's a great coach. I think he's tremendous, and he's the right coach for the Cardinals. But he's gonna learn from those things. And uh Sean McVay, just if you're gonna compare the two, he just has more experience here uh in moments like this that I just I feel better about the Rams. I just it would have just made for a much more appealing matchup had health not been such a a major factor to the Cardinals. I mean, we, this would be an even closer and a more exciting game to watch where the Cardinals, I would feel like, man, the Cardinals might actually have a shot here and, and taking this, but I just think that it's going to be the Rams. Um, I I can't I can't confidently say that it's a runaway, but I what I what I think for us to be convinced about the Rams is they're just going to have to put a beat down on the Cardinals. But I mean if I think for the Cardinals, uh in order for them to win this, I mean Kyler Murray just has to play at this just this elite MVP type level. I mean, which many felt at the beginning of the year, including myself thought this guy's capable of being an MVP in this league. And, uh, um, but the thing is, is it, when you're getting pressure, you're going to, you're going to face some serious pressure coming from Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. And so that's going to make things very challenging for, for Kyler Murray. Um, so if they can get Kyler Murray uncomfortable, you know, then that's going to make things really difficult for, for the Cardinals. And AJ Green is just going to have to, He's just going
0: to have to play something. He's probably going to get shadowed by Jalen. Yeah, I mean I, Jalen I, Ramsey I, I just, the way just you needs look to focus
1: it- on him. It's like it's almost like AJ Green. You're going to have to kind of give us something like we've seen before from you in Cincinnati.
0: And so my X factor for Cardinals is probably going to be Rondale Moore because the way you kind of look at it is their possession receivers. It really come down to. Uh, A.J. Green and I mean Christian Kirk certainly had some great success but it's really A.J. Green and Zach Ertz that's that's their main guy well yeah that's true and and uh, if you cover that five to 15 yard radius that's their primary area and I think I think Jalen can just shadow A.J. Green and just shut that whole factor down to where Rondale Moore is their speed guy going deep
1: right and and I think actually something that would benefit the Cardinals is if, if they can really establish the run and establish it early, mm, I mean, that could really bode well for them down, down, down the stretch in the game, because, you know, you want to, you want to make those big plays happen on your passing, your passing downs and stuff like that. But I think that's just kind of what the Cardinals will want to approach is, is, is they don't want to necessarily have to force Kyler Murray into a situation where it's just all on his arm. But I think I think they've got to have the help from their running backs, from James Connors and and will Chase Edmonds be available? I I assume he will be. But
0: yeah, he he had some limited play. Um, Actually, I think he might have been out. I just um,
1: I like those running backs in Arizona. And so if you can if you can get those guys going early, I think that would help open up a lot more things for Kyler. Uh to, to have a
0: shot here against the Rams, but they need defense. Their defense for Arizona has to show up because we've oh, seen Matt dude, Stafford yeah. really kind of stumble. It it seems pretty obvious that he's playing through an injury right oh, now. Oh, for sure. He is. Um, he's hurt. But he's playing through but, it. But yeah, he he's throwing some very errant throws that we are just not used to seeing or at least haven't had a history of seeing um with, with Stafford. So if their defense, particularly their secondary, can capitalize on that, guys like Buda Baker really coming through um, with the run stuff. But I, I, I really think that the Rams are completely okay utilizing their run, which with the reemergence of Cam Akers finally coming back from yeah. that preseason uh, Achilles injury, Sony Michelle just being so powerful at the tail end of the season, um, I think they are perfectly okay because uh, Sean McVay actually talked about it that year that they were beaten by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, I think three years ago now, but the year that they were beaten by the Patriots, uh, Sean McVay just had such kind words, uh, such reverent, reverent words for uh, for Sonny Michelle, how they were just able to be so physical with their opponent in the playoffs and how important that can be to success in the playoffs that I believe conserving the plays that involve Cooper Cup, which are obviously just so successful, with such a high efficiency rate. Uh, conserving, you know, the the playmaking moments from Odell Beckham and just strictly leaning on the run. I think that's gonna be how they're successful this postseason. And um it's really how I expect them to get the win against Arizona this weekend to remove remove the onus of 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 mistakes and, and all those sorts of things from Matt Stafford. Allow him to really take a take a backseat because we know Matt Stafford didn't have too much history here. Um right, this no time that's of year, fair, yeah. So I, I think leading leaning on the rest of the team um, to really generate that comfort for Stafford is, is going to be what hopefully um, it, hopefully in, in terms of hoping for success of the Rams that is going to what hopefully is utilized to uh, generate success for them. So we'll see. Um, that's a Monday night game. That's that's I really don't like the Monday night game. I wish they would have done three. I games. don't
1: either, man. Why'd they do that, dude?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it's such a disadvantage for the for the victor of this game because you have such a short week. I mean, it seemingly you will have the Sunday game um, considering the next round of games. We'll have two games on Saturday. We'll have two games on Sunday, obviously two from each conference, hopefully anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand there's a lot of publicity around this and people have been talking, touting it as the super wild card weekend and all these sorts of things. Let's just make it fair. Come on. Two, three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Let's move on.
1: Yeah, dude. That's what it needs to be. I hate it when they keep changing this up. It's just like we don't need a Monday night playoff game. Just It's three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Done.
0: Yep. And you can even make all the NFC on Saturday and all the AFC on Sunday. That way it's always, it's always yeah, cycled. Yeah, dude. Right.
1: I, they, but they had to push it back. They didn't want that early Saturday game. I guess it's... I think they were just concerned about a lack of viewership, but you know, the NFL is not going to have a lack of viewership. They just knew we could get more of a, of a, of a primetime hour here on Monday night. So I get it. it's in, like, in which case
0: it's just like, get rid of the Saturday games entirely and put like, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, whatever Either way.
1: Yeah. We're, they, we, they, we, every time they do this though, you and I are always in full agreement about it. Cause we can't stand it.
0: Yeah. But, um, so yeah, just to kind of wrap up our, our NFC picks, um, this is obviously before like any injury news, any inactives, any of that shit like it's totally possible to change. Um, I mean there could be guys like Tom Brady is out if that's maybe out for the bucks then okay I have some issues with my Tampa Bay pick. Um, but yeah so you and I are in consensus with Tampa. you and I are in consensus with San Francisco. you and I are in consensus with LA. Um, we li- align you know really seamlessly on the on the NFC side of things on the AFC side of things just to recap it, uh, you and I both pick Kansas City. Um, you and I both pick Cincinnati. However, we split the decision. I'm picking Buffalo. You're picking new England. Um, we'll see how that kind of rolls out, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of storylines that I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk about, um, uh, coming into the off season and obviously the postseason and all these sorts of things. But, um, I think I'm, I'm just excited this, this weekend of football seems to be not heavily, there doesn't seem to be any bad matchups really. Um, you obviously making the case for Philadelphia, Perhaps getting a seven over two upset over uh, Tampa Bay. I obviously presenting a narrative possible of Pittsburgh getting a seven two upset over Kansas City. You know, <laughs> there's reasons to watch what would even be the 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 far outweighed games. Um, and I think we're just really fortunate to have such an interesting postseason. Oh yeah. Well, if if, it, if
1: it's anything like the season was, Cody, then this could be a crazy playoff.
0: Yeah, I just really hope that you know COVID and, and injuries don't play as much of a much of a impact as they did this season. You know, Derrick Henry obviously t- missing a, a large portion of the time. JJ Watt no longer you know, on the Cardinals in, in terms of injury. DeAndre Hopkins not in the mix. You know, there's there's plenty of big names missing from these teams that are here, but uh, I just hope that's that's the end of end of those inactive uh inactive lists that are that are just so brutal to to try and secure in a win but but we have uh plenty more to come and um we'll keep throwing these out uh round by round and uh we'll be here for y'all yeah, certainly after the after the postseason as well but yeah this was fun man i i i'm excited to watch it all right bye-bye everyone for listening this week for those of you who have yet to leave a review apple Podcasts and now spotify app allows podcast reviews nothing detailed is really necessary but simply a star review will suffice allows us to get the podcast more readily available to folks who have not yet heard of us or connected with us so whether you did or did not like the show let us know that's how we improve and we get better as we go along A final reminder to download the ColorCast app to join in on our New England Patriots Buffalo Bills coverage on Sunday where you can access the hot seat function and join in on our broadcast and make this thing a group effort. For Taylor, my name is Cody, and we are Take It to the House. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.